You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I am so proud to bring you guys another amazing interview. Angelica's story just absolutely blew me away. Have you guys heard that quote, my feminism will be inclusive or it will be bullshit? Basically saying that if you practice a type of feminism that does not include people of color, that does not include trans people, that does not include people of different religious backgrounds, different body shapes, different ages you're not really practicing real feminism. And I realized that I hadn't had a trans woman on the almost two years I've been doing this show until Angelica, my guest today. And that's not to classify her by her identity because she is a multifaceted, incredible woman. You'll see how great her personality is in just a minute. But there's so much value in hearing different stories and hearing diverse perspectives and just trying to expand our thinking and expand our knowledge of other people's experiences. I think her response to the question I ask everyone at the end, when do you feel most beautiful? Her response has probably been the most powerful I've ever heard. The thing is, trans women are slowly gaining more and more visibility in mainstream media, which is fantastic, but trans women and trans men are still disproportionately impacted by suicide and by violence. I'm going to read a quote from the beautiful and very, very talented Laverne Cox. It is revolutionary for any trans person to choose to be seen and visible in a world that tells us We should not exist. Angelica, I want to thank you for sharing your story. Your bravery and wisdom is very inspiring. I also very much appreciate your beauty tips. And since our conversation, I've become much more open to wearing glitter. So I thank you for that as well. Thank you everyone who started following Naked Beauty Planet on Instagram. I love hearing from all of you. Oh, and it's June, so let me not forget to wish everyone happy Pride. Okay, hope you guys enjoy the episode. And Angelica, you are also from New York. I am. So I grew up on uh, Lexington between 99th and 98th Street. Okay. So So like borderline Upper East Side. uh, And borderline Uptown. Yes, exactly. So it's, uh, it's mostly considered El Barrio. Oh, oh, Spanish, Spanish Harlem. Harlem. Yeah. Ah, I feel like I like my references like a Santana song. <laughs> it's not really sad. You know the song, Maria? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like there was always this like romantic allure around Spanish. And every time we would drive by, I can remember so vividly in the summer, like people sitting out on their stoops, playing games, like... That's the stuff that used to piss me off, actually. <laughs> you were like, shut up. I was like, stop it. I swear to God, when it would become like 70 or 80 degrees, everyone would be hanging out in front of the building, blasting their boom boxes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. can I watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer in peace? <laughs> 
I, okay, this let is- Let me a, live. Let me live. <laughs> let me live my best life. This is a very specific reference that I think you only really understand if you were in New York 2002, 2003. Mm. Do you remember when 50 Cent dropped his mixtape and literally every single car in New York was just like glaring, Blasting. like yes. in the club, like mm-hmm. Wangster before that. Yep. Like it was like, um, like 50 Cent mm-hmm. was like- I don't, Well, I heard, so I did hear a lot of 50 Cent- from my window. Yeah. But I also heard, of course, I heard the classics Biggie, Tupac. Yeah. Um, me personally, Little Kim, DeBrat. Oh. That's that's the kind of shit that I was blasting yeah. on my own stereo. Yes. It was like yes. DeBrat and Little Kim. Yes. Much to the chagrin of my mother, Lisa. I mean, it's so interesting because you're right. Growing up, we had Missy, DeBrat, yes. Little Kim. Oh, and Missy. Oh, I feel oh, bad. Missy. Yes. Missy. Missy. Misdemeanor. So it's, it's weird to me when people are like Nikki versus Cardi. I'm like, I grew, we there had, no we had several, like there are, there's room. Yes. Like, why are they against each other? Exactly. Why are we always, and I, and I have a theory that, and this exists Please in Hollywood and in, in the music industry, we have this obsession with pitting women against, against each, each other. other. So true. And especially with women of color and especially with rappers. Mm. I don't quite understand it. Like, why do we have to create beef between Nikki and Cardi? Stop the comparisons. Yeah. Let, just, that, let, let them be. Let I, them be their own individual artists. I honestly couldn't agree more. It, I know. I know. Me. But also, like, Azalea Banks is also an... A, an She's so she's interesting because she's super talented, but her personality so and attitude has gotten in the way of her finding success. And I Very think she kind so. of bought into the cattiness early on. It seems like she's adjusted now. Uh, has she though? She came for Cardi, like for yes, no damn reason. I know. Like, don't come for me if I did not send for you. Exactly. Is what I always say. Yes, Cardi is hood. Let her be hood. I like, know. She, yes, she's not the most eloquent speaker. She's right. not right. the most well-written person, and she doesn't claim to be. She's she always been. Be. She's always owned who she is from day one. Yeah, like from, on her Instagram, which I followed her like forever ago. Course, uh, prior to love and hip hop. Same, and, same, and, same. What a voice! Like, let me tell you something. <laughs> like, I yes, I always yes. used to live for her. Like, yeah, I live same. for her authenticity, yes. her honesty, yeah. and just her her brashness. Just yeah. live her. She's amazing. Get a She's Cardi. Amazing. You better work. It's so interesting that you bring up this sense of like having a voice and I think it's the kind of thing so this is mm-hmm. segueing into like why I wanted to have you on the podcast because mm-hmm. I think you have a really powerful and authentic voice and I don't know if you realize that you do but like when you speak people really stop and listen mm-hmm. and it's like a very powerful it's an amazing quality to have I did not know that yes Thank you. yes and you know when you, you, well, I don't know. Can I talk about the, this yeah, meeting please. that happened? Yeah, okay. absolutely. I just want to. Yeah, totally. You know, we were in, we were at work in a very kind of public setting and we were doing trans sensitivity training. And then I was sitting way in the back. I came mm. late. I didn't even know you were there. <laughs> yeah, I came, I came late. And then I heard a voice on the mic say mm. as a trans woman. And I was like, who's talking? Like I didn't. And then I saw that it was you and I saw how like in that moment you were you were your such true self mm-hmm. like you were speaking from your heart in this really powerful way and i'm sure you could see the emotion in the room i mean people were in tears people were on video conference yeah. in tears you know yeah and there is such power in just speaking your truth mm. and speaking from your heart and yeah. that's why we love people like cardi and that's why i think you're you know yes. such a powerful woman it's like it's this really amazing quality I, you know, I sat there in that room and I was listening to uh, my colleagues telling their stories about, um, well, w- one person in particular, I won't say her name just yet to respect mm-hmm. her privacy, um, but she has a trans um, nephew, I believe. Mm-hmm. She was in tears and just so distraught and scared for her family member mm-hmm. for for what they're enduring and what's to come and all, right. all of these things. And at the end of it, she was like, honestly, I just wanna I just wanna figure out how to support my my family member. And then two other folks were speaking. And what really brought me to tears, what really just like just a dagger to the heart was when we went over the statistics right. of of trans women of color being murdered. 
and the suicide rates, and I'm getting chills. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and immediately, why the reason why I got so emotional is because. I recognize that could have been me mm. at any point in time. Uh, that very well could have been me, uh, and it, and it was me. Like I have had, uh, truth be told, I have had suicide attempts. Mm. I've struggled with depression and anxiety and PTSD for most of my life, mm. and I I'm just amazed that I'm still even here. So to see to to see those statistics really just like brought it home for me and as everyone was telling their stories mm. I sat in that room and I, and I thought to myself I would be such a hypocrite if I didn't speak up mm. and say something to my colleagues I felt as though I was in a safe space granted it was a <laughs> it was an amphitheater, amphitheater at Viacom. Like, for the for the listeners, um, this this, for the public that has not seen yeah. the amphitheater, it's huge. It's not like some small conference room. Like, not at all. It's an actual theater within the open. Viacom building. It's like a Roman amphitheater. It's like like you're on the mic. Literally, the, literally, there's like a flat screen TV. Yep the size of like someone's bedroom mm-hmm. with like people dialed in literally from other off. I mean, it was like a very open yes. forum. Yes. And it is, for such an open forum, it felt yes. So there was a lot intimate. of love in the space. Yes. yes. I could feel that. And I, and I just felt safe and comfortable enough to be able to share my story because everyone was under the impression that, that they didn't meet a trans person ever yes. in their life. So I was going to ask you, was that your first time kind of expressing that out loud at work? Yeah. Yeah. So my, well, it's interesting. So my first corporate job, um, I was outed by a colleague and this is during the MySpace days. This is during the MySpace days. And so when you say outed, what what does that mean exactly? Like they told... So I, I discovered a conversation. Um, do you remember the MySpace comment section on everyone's page? So I discovered uh, a conversation between my colleague and my colleague's wife. What? And um, it was something along the lines of, yeah, she has an Adam's apple, so that's like a clear indication <sighs> that she's a man. And what? I discovered this on her MySpace profile page, and I sat on my computer oh my in disbelief. God. I broke into tears, and and to like have to go into work and try to ignore that that was just such a traumatizing thing for me. And I was I was doing a lot of um, advocacy work in the media space, so I did two documentaries for MSNBC. I was on Oprah, which is wait a whole- what. <laughs> Wait, literally record scratch, stop, hold up, wait a minute. Do you realize that I I shook her hand last week and I, I'm still shook? Like, I, you've met the queen. I, I met the queen. I was watching the royal wedding and like when she walked in, I was so much more hyped than like, I was like, yes. Oprah you were more this, hyped for Oprah than you were for, yes. for Wait, when were you on Oprah? So this was in 2007. Why are you doing this raggedy little podcast? <laughs> This is not raggedy. Oh I'm doing God. this for my home girl, bro. Wait, you yeah. were on Oprah in 2007? In 2007, when she still had her television show. <sighs> this is pre-own. So like um, millions of people saw this. What were you on Oprah yes. for? So in 2007, I was contacted by the producers over at Oprah about um, doing an episode uh, revolving around trans families. Mm. Um, and so... It was me and another trans man that were on the show. We actually did the same documentary together for MSNBC. Who was the... His name is Jake. Jake, okay. Uh, And so I went on there. I was actually homeless at the time. I was living um, in this amazing uh, nonprofit organization called Ali Forney Center. Okay. So they're a shelter system for LGBT youth. They are absolutely amazing. Wow. Are they all over the country? Uh, but they're all, all over New York. New York. So okay. We're we're um, they're hoping to expand more because the homeless epidemic in the city is insane. But anyway, back to Oprah. So um, 
I was so excited at, to to, to yeah. meet the queen. Yeah, and I mean, to, and her to, energy alone. Like. I know. Well, the thing was, I had a rather bad experience. Really? I, and I actually discussed this with Janet Mock. Hey, Janet, girl. She was asking me a line of questions. Not very much. I actually noticed that she shied away from speaking to me. And that might have been because I didn't have any family members present, which mm. we'll get to later. Okay. Um, but when she was asking me questions, they they were rather... They were rather condescending. And give me an example. A, oh, I'll give you a perfect example. So she... It's not even a... It wasn't really even a question. It was more of a statement with a question mark at the end. I don't know. So I'll tell you what she said. She was like, so you're a boy with a penis. What? Which makes you a boy. What? And I was, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. This yeah. is 2007? 2007. No. She misgendered me on <gasps> national television. If I had pearls to clutch. I know. I'm, I'm clutching my invisible ones. What? Um, and... That's my heart. Oh my god! Oh my god! My heart immediately sank. And think if Jake is uh, just so happens to be listening. Thank you, Jake, for stepping in because I was. Most people that know me, like if I'm in an uncomfortable situation, I'll kind of just like clam up and be like, "Eh." right. So when she said that to me, I like I did the exact same thing. I kind of just like shoulders up, and I was just like, "Eh," like. And then Jake was like, well, actually, no, that's not true. And I was wow. like, and he was like 16 at the Good time. For him. I was like, thank you, Jake. Like, you, you, my homie. Wow. But that was, that was such a pivotal moment. Wow. And it actually kind of scared me back into, I don't want to say a closet because I was never in a closet <laughs> ever, darling. But um, it, I definitely, think it hindered my want to be an advocate for my community. Yes. yes. So and vocally. And so how I, old were you at the time? I was twenty one. That's that is a I would argue potentially traumatic thing to experience mm-hmm. on such a public platform. But I would also argue that an experience like that probably mm-hmm. in a lot of ways helped inform who you are today and your right? Because you're like this has happened to me on national television with Oprah. So like, what, like, what, what, what amphitheater? What room? Yes. Like, what like? I, Very much that. You know, it's 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 amazing how the the things that happen to you kind of all end up making you. They give you character. Exactly. Right? So okay, so let's go all the way back, all the way back. So you went to Harvey Milk High School. I did. Tell me a little bit about Harvey Milk. So um, Harvey Milk High School is a phenomenal. Um, well, actually, they're the first nationally accredited high school for LGBT youth. And so I want to preface that with they do not shy away from welcoming students that identify as cis heterosexuals. Got it. They do welcome students. And I went to school with some of them as well. Mm-hmm. But the school is mainly for folks that identify as LGBT, right. uh, gender non-conforming, mm-hmm. gender non-binary. Yeah. And so the the story that led up to me going to the high school is, is sad. Um, at, at, I believe it was when I was 13 years old, I had a suicide attempt. I, um, I was going to Catholic school and... With that came Catholicism. Uh, is yeah, I know. It's heavy for anyone. Religion. I mean, organized yeah. religion in general, general which yeah. I really shy away from for right. obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, long story short, I was bullied tremendously on a day to day basis, and which led mm-hmm. and with my depression it mm-hmm. led to a suicide attempt. And so I was at um, admitted to Lenox Hill Hospital, wow. and I really wish I could remember my doctor's name because um, the doctor that was assigned to me, she was the one that told me about the Harvey Milk High School. And I was like, what? Like, shut up. There's a <laughs> high school for LGBT youth where they can feel safe and comfortable. Like, sign me up. Like, yeah. sold. Check, please. Like, let's go. Like, I want to go now. 
So I ended up doing an interview there. And keep in mind, in 2000, Harvey Milk was much, much smaller. Uh, I believe they had, in total, seventy a room for 75 students. In the in entire total, high school? In the wow. entire high school. And that's including the GED program. Wow. So, uh, t- I mean, the waiting list was crazy, right. crazy long. But of long. course, you're smart and I, charming. Even, even and, at 13 yeah. years old, I was yeah. like, you're like, I've got God this. Damn it, I'm getting in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, come hell or high yeah. water, yeah. I am getting in there. Right. right. And uh, and I aced my interview, and I and that's really when that was such a pivotal time in my life because that's where I was. I was able to put a name mm-hmm. to what it was that. I was feeling because mm-hmm. I'd always known that I was a female. How how early? Oh, early. It's and uh, folks always ask me like, "How did you know?" Or it's, it just and, was. And I, yeah, it just was. It just right. is. Um, it's it's very much like how if I'm speaking to a cis heterosexual person. Uh, a female, for instance, like, well, how did you know that you were a female, or how right. did you know that you liked boys? Right. It's it's not like a conscious know. decision. It's just who you are. Exactly. But I I think we I think society complicates that and makes it out to be this 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 thing that's so unrecognizable. When in actuality, we can all relate to that feeling of just like. Come, coming into your own right. and knowing who you are. Right, yeah. And that's all it really is. It's, it's such a simple concept, but again, right. people... But I think that probably at a younger age, you're forced to confront mm. who you truly feel feel to be inside in a way that other people may not come to until like their 20s yes. and 30s, yes. right? So you're dealing mm-hmm. with these very adult feelings at a really young age. Very, like, very much so. Right? I had to grow up at a very early age. Yeah. And I think that adds to um, my personality and why I, I'm, I'm a big kid. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an, and I own this. I'm a child in a grown woman's body. <laughs> and I think that's because I didn't have, a, I didn't really have a great, I, well, I definitely didn't have a great childhood. At all. Mm. Did your parents not react well to the news? Well, I never met my father. So um, my father was incarcerated, uh, I believe, at the time that I was born. Um, And Lisa was 18. Okay. And Lisa's your mom. Yes. um, I call her Lisa uh, for a number of reasons. Um, But yeah, uh, it. Yeah, it's just like crazy, like looking back at it all. And yeah, <sighs> yeah. I mean, I think we've come a long way in terms of understanding and and people having even awareness of the right language. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine that for Lisa, being such a young mom, she may not like. And I don't, I don't know anything about her, or, but knowing how much we know now, thinking about. Then and just access to that awareness, I think, yeah. really impacts your ability to like understand and empathize, even with your own child. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I absolutely understand, and I recognize that it could not have been easy for an eighteen-year-old mother to become a mother, right? Let alone to give birth to a child that uh, was assigned the wrong gender at birth, and and not really having the kind of access to to the uh, to the internet back then or, or right. to television shows or documentaries or anything like there wasn't very much information that she could reach out on and and learn about this however i i truly feel that if you have a child you love that child no matter yes. what yes regardless. and you didn't feel that she it's definitely not Mm. Um, Are you in contact at all? Mm. Uh, she contacted me about two years ago, and she attempted to do a meetup, and I took a day or two to think about it, and I got back to her. I was like, sure. And But I was so in my emotions and so, like all over the place. I was in the process of looking for a new apartment. <laughs> but yeah, she just like contacted me at the wrong time. And mm. um, I had posted on my Facebook, which I, I shake my head at. I regret this. But I was like, made this crazy status 
update, like where do you go to meet the woman that uh, abandoned you? And um, I don't want to have her in my house, but I I don't feel comfortable meeting her at her house. It was just mm-hmm. like this whole like p- like post that I that I made on Facebook. You probably just needed to get it out, right? I did. It's such a heavy thing to deal with. It was such a heavy thing to deal yeah. with, especially like with the, the process of moving. Like I think there's oh like God. three things in life that are the most emotional, which is like. A death in your life, moving, and something else. So I moving was like, is moving. Very emotional. It's yeah. so emotional. Yeah. And so um, I'm to this day, I'm not entirely sure who did it, but someone contacted Lisa and said, This is what Angelica said. <laughs> and so I get a text message the day that we're supposed to meet up, like, um, all I wanted to do was mend fences, but it seems that you want to throw a bunch of vitriol at me, and God only knows what else, so I won't be coming tomorrow. I still love you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, girl, bye. <laughs> like, Well, say, <laughs> saying that she loves you is something, right? Because you realize that some kids don't even get that. I absolutely agree with yeah. you. My whole thing is, um, oh, and the reason why we've we've had this shattered uh, relationship is when I was whew, when I was eighteen years old, um, I was uh, dating a guy that I had yet to disclose to. Mm-hmm. I had every intention of doing so, but. Uh, there's no that's right like, or wrong yeah. way to disclose somebody, you know? Like, and it's like how early, it's like to say it's super early on, it's kind of like, okay, someone asked like, you, like, yeah, like, like, thank you. Yeah, like I'm not asking about anything between your legs. So why, right. like, why do you expect to know what's going on between mine? Right. It's, it's like so rude. early on. It's yes. like almost rude, right? Yeah. So, like I'm actually uh, offended when, when guys are like, why didn't you tell me sooner? I'm like, because it was none of your damn business. Yeah. So sooner. Like, that, no matter what's you. going on, like yes. it's none of your business. Like we literally just met. It's not exactly first date conversation. Exactly. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Cheer, can, can we yes, just have a cheers to that? Truly. Like, so um, long story short, uh, Lisa found out and she gave me an ultimatum of I can either leave the house and I had no. Sorry, she found out about your relationship or that she she found out that I was seeing someone that did not know. Okay. Before Um, you before eighteen, when you like did you at one point disclose to her? I actually never so interesting. Did you start presenting like when did that change in terms of like your presentation and Yeah. So I had uh it's so funny because I'd come out as gay. I'd uh, identify okay. as gay because that's all that, that I knew right. at that point in time right. as, a, as a young child. And again, there wasn't the internet. So like, yeah. you just hear it through word of mouth. Yeah. And through, kids are cruel. So they would call me gay, faggot, this, Ugh. that. So like that's how I, unfortunately, that's how I found out about what that word was and what it meant. And so I thought to myself, well, that must be what I am. Mm. You know, as a child, you're always searching for your identity and mm-hmm. to understand yourself a little bit more. And to Did answer you- your question, I never actually um, disclosed to Lisa that I was that I was trans mm. or that I, that I felt as though I was uh, born in the wrong body. I never... Mm. I never told her that. She found out on her own, and then she also went through my clothes. So I was I was wearing uh, female clothes, but much baggier. So okay. like, if I would go to the Gap and buy jeans from yeah. the women's section and and Forever Twenty One, but they would they would be women's clothes, but right. they were they would be, be a little more tom tomboyish, right, right. Uh, you know, a little tomboy chic. So <laughs> um, she discovered all of those clothes, and I had a couple of, of items of makeup, and she was like, so here's the situation. You can either leave, where, which I had nowhere to go, or uh, you could, uh, or we're cutting your hair. And wow. my hair was like, just about as, it's like, way past my shoulders at this point. Like, so that's about how long my hair was. It's interesting that cutting 
the hair, it seems, it seems like it's almost symbolic, right? It's like, well, mm-hmm. if we cut your hair, then you'll cut all of this out yeah. and start acting. Cut out all the female, right. or the, the feminine aspects. Right. And you're like, out. I'll just having a chic pixie cut. Okay. Like, it's not, gonna, like, it's not going to change anything. <laughs> like, cut it off. Giving you Mia Farrow, exactly. Rosemary's baby exactly. realness. Right. Like, yes. I always remember that uh, this one episode of America's Next Top Model. Um, oh, I used to live for that show, early seasons, same, everything. Same. Um, which actually I was on as well. <laughs> That's Girl, <same. laughs> what? What were you doing on Top Models? That's been fabulous. Same. So um, the same exact episode that Isis was discovered on, I was on the. I was in that um, that episode as well. No way. So Tyra wanted to do a homeless themed shoot, and so she. Um, oh my gosh, I think I. Ca- I think I remember this, and I. You might love looking you back. This. It's kind of problematic. I know. A homeless theme shoot. Like, I remember this. Her I re- talk show too. She, yes. she was like, "I'm going to sleep on the streets right now." I was like, oh my gosh, girl. Tyra Banks's talk show was so problematic. So I look. There's an episode where she like reveals her hair for the first time. Have you seen that? She's like, I have. she like walks out with her hair like what? She's like this. <laughs> is my hair and it was like coming up next like Tyra and it was like they were teasing it there were like literal commercials to be like Tyra Banks without any fake hair and it's like how backwards were we I know yeah okay but but that's what that's what the crowd was living for at the time and also like to to her and just to back her up a little bit, like okay. you know, black women, black women have always had, and we were actually having yes. this discussion about hair yesterday. Mm-hmm, we were where we we always feel as though straight hair is the way to go, right? Like it's you know, it's 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 very much like a white woman thing, and so yeah. like we try to blend as yes. white women yes. in, in some way. I want to get into like our personal perceptions on this, but mm-hmm. I do think that one of the things that needs to be addressed when you're talking about like hair extensions like lots of white women have hair extensions like I think a lot of people think it's like a thing that women Mm -hmm. of color do but it's like they all have hair extensions white women wear wigs too right like white women wear extensions yeah Yeah. so just want to put that out there because I think a lot of times people say that it's like always like black women trying to look white and it's like white women live for some like yep. silky and Hawaiian and an, and 22 inch light, weave too. And a light light tan. You exactly. Know, like, yeah. Oh. So that's something that we are all afflicted by yes, of all races. Um, but yes, okay. So, but yes, also within, mm. and you're, I should say you're, you're Puerto Rican and Dominican, mm-hmm. right? Right. And a distant Danish. And distant enough. Danish. I, I attribute that to my tallness. You are very tall, yeah. Fre- and I have like freckles. Right. And I'm the lightest of my immediate family. Interesting. And yes. yeah, and I want to talk about colorism within the community as oh, well. For but sure. I think that mm-hmm. there is like ingrained in you from an early age that straight hair is better because mm-hmm. I remember getting my hair straightened for special like picture day yes. and you know, it's like, okay, we're going to hot comb your hair. And so you just begin to associate like, oh, it's better when it's straighter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's precisely what I felt growing up. I would watch Lisa and my grandmother, for instance, relaxing their hair all the time. I don't even, and it's not to say that they didn't rock their natural hair, but just looking back, I don't recall ever seeing either um You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Well, mostly my mother, Lisa, with her hair in its natural, like, 
curly state mm-hmm. um, because it was it was it was like borderline fro like the way that her hair was right it was much kinkier than mine and so watching that I I just instinctively thought that straight hair was more beautiful and so for years I'm, probably when I started growing out my hair at fourteen. Uh, I would always flat iron my hair. And I actually did. I chemically relaxed my hair like once or twice. Oh, wow. And it wasn't until maybe like three or four years ago that I started rocking my my hair in its natural waviness. And I started getting all these compliments from people. They were just like, oh my God, I love your hair. What did you do to it? Like, is it naturally like that? I'm like, yes, honey, this is mine. All mine. She's all mine. Grown out of of my, my head. Exactly. And... I've I've found such comfort mm-hmm. uh, again in my hair. I always have found comfort in my hair, but mm. I feel embracing my hair and it's the, natural. the way that it naturally is absolutely is like Huge. priceless. It's yeah. priceless. Yeah, I wouldn't no, trade it for anything. So important. Let's talk about. So you are half Dominican, half Puerto Rican, and a mm-hmm. little bit Danish. A little bit Danish, yes. And the deepness, or like the how dark your complexion is is kind of a measure of beauty within the Latin community as well. Right? Oh yes, yeah. the Latin community, the African American community, Asian community, Asian. all and cultures. It just baffles me. Uh, I there. Uh, I know we were discussing this earlier. I follow uh, a makeup influencer called uh, Nima Tang. Go follow her. Like she I is. I link to her in the show notes. So flaky, like. Her makeup is always on point. Her yeah. skin is gorgeous. And she just so happens to be a very, very dark complexion. Mm-hmm. Like, she's she's what we call, like, black purple. Right. And I think that her and complexion she's, yeah, is she's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Like, even even if she didn't have the, the facial features that she does, I would still yeah, think her to myself skin alone that is that complexion dead. is yeah. stunning. Yeah. But uh, she she's mentioned in her own community. She's faced some some racism from again from her own people of color, which right. I don't understand. Yeah, I personally have. I don't feel as though I've experienced any sorts of. Well, you're really fair. Yes. Right. Yes. But did and you I do recognize that? Yeah. And did you? But growing up, did you hear people say, like, don't be in the sun too long or say that someone was less attractive because they had darker skin? Yes, I have. I have heard that. Um, and I have been told that, like, don't stay out in the sun too long. And in my mind, I'm like, why? Like, I want to get my tan on. If I'm yes. in Miami, if, yes. I'm, if I'm going to Turks and Caicos, of I want to get a tan. I want to yes. get dark. I think yes. dark is beautiful. Yeah. But there's so many people that do not, and especially people of color, like, they don't see it the same way, which I, uh, I don't understand. It. I think things are getting better. Um, Absolutely, like the world is becoming much more inclusive. We're right. starting to recognize that yes. beauty comes in all shapes, yes. sizes, colors. Right. Yes, and even when like Fenty, like people were okay. like surprised. Not it's like yeah, if you make stuff that actually like fits a range of skin tones, of course it's yes. going to be a success because and we've been underserved. We've been criminally underserved. For far too long. For far too long. So, like, how, like many, how many of these makeup brands have been around for, and yet you still have like a limited amount of shades right. available in right. foundation? And Fenty, with their first product launch, like sold right out. Like, re take all my money. Yes, like, take it. Fenty Beauty, Savage yes. Fenty, like take. Yes. It oh my gosh, I've heard amazing things about Savage. Like, growing up, who were your beauty idols? Like, who did you look to oh to be like this is this is literally my look? So I had the immeasurable honor of meeting the iconic Kevin O'Quan oh. at when when I was a okay. student at Harvey Milk. Stop it. I first of all his rest book in peace. his I know. His book, Making Faces. I know. I have it. It's on my coffee table. Game like, changer. Game changer. Like he his he, concealer wearing it right is, now. Okay, like, okay. Live for Kevin. I okay. have, I have when his, did you uh, meet him? I met him when I was probably like fourteen or fifteen years old. Girl, okay, you've met Kevin, you've met I'm, Tyra, I'm, you've met Oprah. Like I, oh, I can't. Meet Ty- I didn't meet Tyra. Actually. Okay, you were just on the show. I was just on the show, okay. but I did meet um, Mr. J. I met Miss J several okay. times. Amazing. Um, but yeah, like so. 
and Kevin was such a kind, humble, sweet person. And I really, I, I wish I would have known back then, like how big of a presence yes. he was. Yes. Because like I was a fourteen year old kid, I was like, yeah. oh my god, there's a makeup artist coming. Yeah. But I didn't realize to what extent, like yes. his reach was. Yeah. And so his techniques are foolproof. Flawless. Yeah. Yeah. His line is everything. Yeah. Like shout, shout out to the people that are it's like so still making, but, it's, but it's worth it. Yeah, so good. It's so worth it. Hey guys, hope you're loving the episode so far. Taking a very quick break to give a shout out to the sponsor, Curology Skincare. I am on month number three with this product. It's a customized skincare solution just for you. Whether you have hyperpigmentation, fine lines wrinkles, acne, you take a little mini quiz, they pair you with a provider, this person sticks with you. Like I literally can message her whenever I have a question. She's been super responsive so far. It's a really good program. And I think if you don't have time to get to a dermatologist or you can't afford it, I would highly recommend Curology. There's a special link just for my listeners in the show notes. So check out that link. With that link, all the Naked Beauty listeners get their first month free. They just have to pay for shipping. It's a really great product. I would not recommend it if it was not. All right, let's get back into the discussion with Angelica. Also, I cannot wait for a pose on Me FX. Too. I'm so excited Jan- for that. Hey, Janet. Yeah. Like, literally, I'm so like, I'm so lit about it because finally we're really going to understand, like, where all of the terminology yes. and dance moves. Right, because like, it's been co-opted so much into mainstream culture that people, mm-hmm. it's like, you are taking language from a culture that you know nothing about and yep. you need to understand the history. Yes. Like, when Cardi language. says, oh, Car-. Yeah. That that comes that comes from the ballroom scene. Hunty, yeah, Hunty comes from yes. the LGBT Pretty much scene. everything. Yes, yeah, realness. Yes, and and I talking about appropriation. It I feel as though when people are saying these words, it is borderline appropriation on absolutely um, um, within the LGBT community. Yeah. But I do appreciate that it's becoming more mainstream because people are starting starting to understand the the community more and embrace yes. the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think RuPaul's Drag Race has played a really big mm, part of that. That's problematic as fuck as well. Well, because RuPaul <laughs> fucked up. Okay. And Ru- he and, Ru- and 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 I love you, the, Ru, but I know. be better. Just do better. <sighs> I feel like he owned the well we should explain what he said. Yes. RuPaul did an interview. I can't remember if it was new now next or something. But anyway, he was asked if he would ever welcome an openly trans female or a cisgendered female. And cisgender, for those of you that don't know, is uh, folks that are born uh, assigned a certain gender at birth and identify as such in, in adulthood. Right. And RuPaul responded with, no, drag is more of a boys club. Um, I would definitely not openly. And I was just like, what? what? Like, what? Like, a boys, like, and also that boy. choice of word. Like, I know. I, I was just like, girl, be better. Like, yeah. It just like, it blew my mind. And then he came back with this apology and like, yeah. you know, trans women have done so much for this community, which we have. Of course. Google Marsha P. Johnson, Google uh, Sylvia Rivera. Yes. Like, let's let's bring it back and, and pay homage to the yes. women, the trans women. Yes, absolutely. That, that pioneers. Really pioneered. Yes. For us. Like, ugh, just like. I, I get goosebumps talking about it because it just it frustrates me so much that even with it, we were talking about colorism in our in our own community, but also within the LGBT community, we experience transphobia within the community. Right, right. Which is crazy to me because it's like you understand what it feels like to be ostracized right. for for simply loving someone of the same gender or both genders. So right. why? Ugh. I have been called a tranny by gay guys. I've been like, I, girl, like it's just it's been it's been such an interesting experience. But it's also educated me because I, I also realized that the T portion of LGBT really does not belong in there. So LG, lesbian, gay, bisexual, those are sexual orientations. 
Transgender, gender non-binary, gender, gender non-conforming. Yes. Yes. Those are gender identities. That They're is two completely different things. That is such an amazing point that I've literally never thought about. Yeah, because most people wouldn't. And I started to learn about it once I was was figuring out my own identity and coming into my own self. And I just thought to myself one day, I was like, wait a minute, like transgender is a gender identity, not a sexual Sexuality. orientation. Yeah, so yeah. why why is it looped in? And I understand there's more there's more power in numbers, you know, but like and we need to support each other, yes. absolutely. But it's not the same thing, people. Like, right? <laughs> it's just right. not. And also, the T portion gets left out of stuff a lot. Like the the um, the lesbian and gay center. Where's the transgender in there? Mm-hmm. You, you'll you'll find often that when people are talking and it, when people are talking about the LGBT community, they mainly focus on the LGB and sort of leave out. The tea right. in the conversation. Right. Right. So we're always sort of left in the shadows and and not brought up enough or we're not we're not given a voice or a platform to speak right. about about our lives and about our struggles and our issues. It's very frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. Yes, I can I can imagine so. There's there's an amazing woman that I met mm-hmm. at South by Southwest. Uh, a black trans woman who has a podcast and she mm. was just talking about the power of telling her story. I will link to her podcast in the show notes yes. for everyone. But I do think, yes, there it's mm. so important to create more platforms for all, like different types, like every single walk of life. Yes. And that's the only way that we're going to get better. And exactly. I think that a lot of people are like, I don't know, like, the, do you feel like people kind of tiptoe around it or they're uncomfortable or... Well, actually, I found that people tend to be very brazen with um, <laughs> okay. their their line of questioning, which is problematic as fuck right. at, at times. Yeah. Right? Because people tend to focus on the wrong things; they're asking the wrong questions. Right. Right. Um, they're getting they probably wanted, too technical yes. and physical, and you're like, they, they want to know about the surgery. Like the first thing that they that they want to know about is surgeries. And in my mind, I'm like, sweetie, I'm not asking about. Your if medical history. Had, yes. I'm yeah. not I'm not asking about what you've had done. Like be respectful of my journey and be respectful of the fact that I'm choosing to share yes. something very deeply personal with yes. you. And ask the right questions. Don't just ask whatever comes to your mind because yeah. when you do that, it makes me it makes us feel um, well, actually no, I'll speak for me. It makes me feel some type of way and yeah. it makes me feel as though you're not really trying to understand. You're more so just trying to nitpick and and be nosy and ask ask right. these really salacious questions. Yeah. So in that situation, do you check people? Oh, I absolutely. Well, I do you never say, do you used say to. okay, this is a teachable mm-hmm. moment. They're ignorant. Let mm-hmm. me help them or are you just like I can't even. So, when I was much younger, I felt as though it was my duty to uh tell to educate people. Mm-hmm. Like and and that was that was me being not only young but also me wanting to to genuinely just educate folks because it wasn't being discussed back then. Like back mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, nobody was talking about trans men and women right, or gender non-binary. And so my whole thing was, okay, if people are asking about this, I can absolutely like answer questions and help them understand. But then as I got older... And start started to become more self aware and You're like it's not my I'm job. Like, it's not my job. Yes, it is not my job to educate the entire world. Yes, like I did my part. I feel as though like I yes. did my part yes, yeah. well before yes. like a lot of a, a lot of people were doing it. So let like I wanted to allow myself to tell my story on my own terms, mm. and I and I feel so strong and confident and comfortable in knowing that I'm in a place where I can choose if and when I want to disclose to someone. Right, right. And I can check them if they're they're like, well, girl, did you have the surgery? I'm like, well, it's none of your damn business. It's none of your damn but what business, else? yes. What else? Like, what else would yes. you like to know aside from, like, what surgeries I've had? Right. If any. Right. Because surgery is, um, for for anyone, not just trans men and women, 
surgery is an option and, and, yes. and surgery is something that is a personal choice. Yeah. I mean, if I met half of the women that I interact with when I was like, so what have you done to your faces? Is it Botox here okay. and, a, and a little Restylane here? Mm-hmm. And like, it seems like you've done, they would be so offended. They would be like, why yes. are you all up in my face? Yes. And it's like, why can't people extend that same courtesy to trans women and, and men? Like it, it, Again, like something that boggles my mind. Okay, well, I know you're a beauty girl because yes. I've see, you've, you've, you're doing face masks. You're doing amazing make. Like you do it I all. So I, I have to ask you, what are the three beauty products or beauty trends that you're obsessed with? Okay, so my first uh, beauty must-have is the Mac Long Last Liner. Is so, that a pencil or a liner? Uh, so it's a I liquid mean a, a liner. Liquid. Okay, it's a liquid liner with a, a very thin brush tip mm-hmm. and. One of the first ever makeup things that I first started to do when was your friend eyeliner. Kevin Aquan taught okay. you. <laughs> I mean, because you dropped that <laughs> rest name in, earlier. Rest in peace, Kevin. <laughs> I miss you. No, but like, um, yeah, going through his book, and then also, I was obsessed again with Christina Aguilera. She and, did have a very and, strong yes. liquid winged liner. Yes. I remember it vividly. I mean, Moulin Rouge, hello. Yes, like everything. <laughs> yeah, and um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. She would have like this tiny little like wings liner. Yeah, that it's I just would like that flick. Yes, and just I like think a you, flick. I think you need a liquid liner to get that really precise yep. flick. It's hard to get with the pencil. Exactly. So what I first started doing was I was playing around with a pencil liner just to, just to get the gist of it because mm-hmm. I was doing it freehand and it took me forever to perfect uh, my wing liner, my, my cat eye. And so years went by, I would try different products and I came across the MAC Long Last Liner and it does not move it's waterproof. for anything. Yeah. It's actually not even marketed as waterproof. It's just it's just a liner lasts. that stays yeah. Yeah. for days. That's like, amazing. I mean, this is borderline embarrassing, but like I've fallen asleep like drunkenly at night with that liner on and I wake up and it's like like hashtag You're I woke like, up like this like <laughs> ready for brunch it is still sitting like it's yes. still there it yes. has not moved yes so you know who else has a really it. good like uh cat eye Adele yeah Every time, yes. every every Adele video, I'm like, Adele, let me get into this cat day, eye all day, every yeah. day. Like that cat eye is just always perfection. Perfect. And always Ariana perfect. Grande too. Oh, does she? I I feel like her ponytail makes more of a statement to me than the liner. That's true. I'm like, are you going to change up the ponytail ever? 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 Like Ariana. Girl. It's fine. I'll let her have her ponytail. Let, let, okay. Let her have what her other beauty products do you so, love? So also the Clinique Stay Matte Hydrator. Everyone loves Clinique skincare. You're the. <gasps> I. I mean, my last guess was like I'm a Clinique skincare girl. Okay, so not only do I love the Clinique skincare, I also love Clinique Happy. And I was actually really offended when somebody was like, "Oh, that's like an old lady perfume." It's a I classic. Was like, Excuse me, it's a classic. Like it. It's so fresh and so citrusy. But anyway, back to the hydrator. It. Um, I tend to have a bit of oily skin. I sweat a lot naturally. So it just kind of gives me that like nice matte mm-hmm. finish. It's almost like a primer. Nice. So it just like gets me ready for the day. Okay, amazing. And then also the Bosha Luminizing Black Mask. You've probably seen it of course. Um, online. Like it's everything. It just sucks out all the dirt and impurities and ickiness and it's a little pricey it's like 34 bucks I know but the only reason I've like tried it is because Sephora gives it away yeah when you like buy stuff. exactly <laughs> so I've like literally like used one sample and I was like this is great yeah. then I saw the price and I was like mm, I'm gonna stick to my like Rasool clay masks that I mix with water that's fair but oh, so it's, yes. it's worth it you think it's so worth okay. it okay I mean I've definitely noticed a difference in terms of afterwards like my skin feels fresher I can you know when you, you like take off a, a, a nose strip and you, like you just kind of stare yes yeah. like I'll sometimes do that with my mask and Very I'll be satisfying. like oh my god I can see the little impurities you little bastards <laughs> get out of here get out of here uh, so there's that and then also a good friend of mine named Fred Connor shout out to fred.nyc he has a um, a salon downtown on 192 Orchard Street. Okay. So he does my hair, okay. and he always does an amazing job. But okay. he also has a skincare line of his own. Nice. And it's very inclusive of women of darker complexions, which I, I was like, this is genius. I don't know why. Like, Is this pre-Fenty? This is pre-Fenty. Okay, so he was on the wave. Yes, like he was totally on it. But like he has something called um, a mineral sheer tinted moisturizer, which I'm I'm wearing right now. Oh, wow. It doesn't and look like you're wearing anything. Exactly. 
but it's just gives me a nice little glow, a nice little tint of like gold flecks here and there, but it's not heavy. It's really, really light. Moisturizes my skin, which is really important. We were, t- <laughs> we were talking about like how <laughs> you couldn't believe I was 31 yesterday. Okay. Because Angelica, <laughs> I literally thought that this is your first job out of college. When you told me you were 31, I was like, I, I was dead. So you attributed, I think some of it has to be genetic, but you think moisturizer just played a big role. I I definitely think that, um, it's, it's probably my genes and I can't thank Lisa for very many things, but when it comes to my genes and you know, she, she did give me some good genes in terms of my skincare, but also moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. Like I, always tell people this. I'm like, moisturize. It's so important, yes. especially as you get older. Definitely. Um, and so my last little tidbit is um, Lush. Anything love, Lush. Yeah. Any, really anything, but I especially love the Lush Secret Arts Jelly Bomb. Just a little self-care. I don't know that one. Oh, is it a bath the bomb? Gel, yes, it okay. is a bath bomb. It's, um, do you have a bathtub? I do. Fancy. Okay, uh, that's girl. rare. And I need... A bathtub. Like I, I grew up with a bathtub, so I can't move into an apartment and just have a shower. It yeah. feels like a lack of luxury. Odd. I know it just yeah. feels odd to me. So yes, lush anything, but especially their secret arts jelly bomb. I will have to try. That. It turns in, it literally turns your water into jelly. That's so it's, cool. It's kind of a pain in the ass to to Clean wash your it off tub, afterwards I'm because sure. it's also dark. Like it's black. Oh wow! It's like and it just like hydrates your skin. Yes, like I literally walked out of that feeling just like like buttery cocoa goodness. Interesting. Like, okay, I have to try this. Like, yes, I would highly recommend it. All their product, everything I've tried from Lush is literally been fantastic. Everything. Yeah, like uh, another store that I walked into, and I was like, okay, take all my money. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. So okay, and then beauty trends that you are really over. Okay, so this whole. Uh, feathered brow thing. What trend. is that? I'm really <laughs> utterly confused by it. I don't get it. I, <laughs> I'm listen, and I'm all about like makeup artists. Yeah, expressing we should themselves. explain. It's hard to explain. It's though. so hard to explain. Like they essentially <laughs> like like brush um, their eyebrows to into, look like, like a, feather shapes. like bird feathers. Yes, bird feathers. <laughs> so weird. And it's so odd. But have you ever to seen me. it in real life? Beyond beauty bloggers, I've never seen it in real life. I've never seen it in real life either. So that's why I'm like, is it like the squiggle brow? Is it like not a real thing? You know, it's like it's I, just bad. Yeah. It, like if if that died out tomorrow, I would not be upset. I would, I would just be like, hey, okay, rest in peace. Like you had her moment. Moving on. Yeah, I, I <laughs> feel you. Let's talk about glitter brows. Yeah, oh. I feel like you wear glitter really well. I like whenever every time I put on glitter, I'm like, no, <laughs> not working. And every time I see a picture of you with glitter, anything, I'm like, this looks really fab. Oh my god, that. That ma- that firming mask that I have, I feel so bad. Oh, Glam Glow. So yeah, Glam Glow yeah, had a collaboration masks. with My Little Pony, and that's the mask that I think you're referring to. It's like bright hot pink with glitter and has glitter in it. <laughs> and really I was amazed. just like, oh my god, I found I found a mask that matches my personality. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Any other beauty trends you're totally over? Um, I'm happy to see that the. Sorry, Snicky, but I'm happy to see that the Snicky poof is is now over. Do you remember Bumpets? Of course. Why was that a thing? <laughs> like, why? No, honestly, like, why was that a thing? It's interesting because, like, it was Bumpets were obviously very lame. But then I feel like Amy Winehouse when she came out, her hair was cool, but yes. like only on her. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? It's like like that was that was a signature thing of Amy's, and she rocked it so well. But then. Everyone and their mother started trying to do the snucky look, and I was like, I was just like, no, just don't, just please. (laughs) Yeah, that's no. So very happily in the past. Yes, that that I'm like, rest in peace. You're done. Like never to see you again. Um, Other than that, I'm again. I am all about like I'm all about people expressing themselves, especially with their hair, with their makeup. so I, I try not to be too negative and be like, mm. I think one of the things that I've realized about like trends and personal tastes, like there's this famous quote that says elegance is refusal. Mm. 
And I think that the reason why I ask people like the trends that they're over is because I think that silently in our (laughs) heads, well, we're all thinking like, I'm really over this. Mm -hmm. And I think that the more that we can like put it out there that like, you don't have to be Mm -hmm. a slave to these things that are hot for the moment and just like be yourself and do what you think looks good. Yeah. Then you'll have much better personal style, your own look, like you don't have to slavishly follow these exactly. things that are like you hot don't have for to one try moment. So hard. hard. Like especially with the the fashion brands that and I'm sure you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. The ones that like, are made for jeans, Instagram. Like like all of these cut out jeans and then yeah. mom jeans with plastic in them. They're it's literally like, for Instagram. They're, like they're sold on Instagram. Nobody's they are buying these by things. Instagram people. Exactly. Like nobody's buying these things. Yeah. Nobody wants these things. Like go away. <laughs> the jeans like, with plastic though. Why do like, I know why? exactly what you mean? You know exactly what I'm talking about. And so do your viewers. It's like, like this it's like the genre of clothing that I feel like kind of came up in the past like few years that's like just for people to take back I know. Instagram. But do you know what I haven't tried in like Loki? I'm very curious to try mm. Fashion Nova. <laughs> oh, same. Actually, right? like, I do not like knock I'm, Fashion I'm, I'm Nova. one click away Yes, I'm ordering something on same, Fashion Nova. Like, like, I've been I know sleeping on it for far too long. I, I just keep seeing, and I know that it's probably super cheap mm-hmm. and it's probably not ethically made. Probably not. But, but I just like, keep so seeing cute. stuff and I'm like, wait, I know. This is And Cardi reps them. Like, Cardi goes hard for, for Fashion Nova. So, okay, final question. Yes. When do you feel most beautiful? Oh, God. Okay, I was actually <laughs> dreading this question. Everyone does. Yeah, I know. Like, I was listening to uh, your podcast with Kate Stewart. I was like, well, yeah, because that's, really, that's a really hard question to ask most. And I'll speak for myself mostly because I'm very self-deprecating and I grew up being very, very self-conscious and very shy, Mm -hmm. which most people, and I'm still very shy. Most people just don't realize it. Like I hide it really well. So I I take issue with calling myself beautiful or thinking of myself as beautiful because Mm. of just the trauma of, of growing up as a trans female and... And literally, like, I've had, like, in my past, I've had people, like, yell at me on the street, like, that's a man, that's a dude. And so in that moment, I'm thinking to myself, I'm so ugly, like, I'm not pretty. And And you're gorgeous. I mean, you are, objectively. And it took, honestly, it took me a really long time to even, like, look someone in the face. No, like, just, like, look someone in the face and say thank you, Mm. because I would always look down and be like, no, I'm not. Like, I I would just, I would really just be like, no, I'm not, like, I'm ugly. And also, like, in high school, I had really bad acne, so. (laughs) As a girl, everyone did. We all did, but we all did. Except for those, like, unicorns, those, like, perfect girls that had perfect skin. I'm like, I hate you. But anyway, I... I had to choose two moments in my life that I felt most beautiful. Okay. So the first time was when I graduated when I was graduating from Harvey Milk, and we had we have a prom uh, every year. Were you prom queen? I was prom queen, of course. And I I should have known. Still have my tiara Aww. to this day because, again, being. I graduated at seventeen. I was um, I graduated a year early, and to to be a young trans woman and to have finally like come into myself and understood what was going on in my head and my body to be crowned prom queen when I never even thought that would be possible. Like to to even live authentically as myself, mm-hmm. but to also be recognized as a woman and to be mm-hmm. crowned prom queen was so pivotal in my life. And sure. I get, I still get chills because wow. it was just such a beautiful night and it, it was just people embracing me and recognizing me as a woman. And it just, it felt so wonderful. So yeah. shout out to Harvey Milk High School and That's the awesome. Hedrick Martin Institute. And then my second, the second time that I felt most beautiful, which is actually kind of <laughs> like the least beautiful moment, but was when um, I had my bottom surgery last year. So it was actually a, a year ago on April 7th. Oh. Um, and I woke up and my, my surrogate mom was there because uh, I did 
didn't have any family to be there for me. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I was in an excruciating amount of pain. It's like I, I would attribute it to like being hit by a truck. <laughs> Which but, I can't even imagine. Yet. Like, oh my God, it was so painful. But it was this moment of wanting this one thing, this this one thing in, in the world so badly mm-hmm. and to finally have it mm-hmm. felt unexplainable. Like I just, I finally felt at peace with my body, with myself, mm. with my spirit, like everything just from the moment I walked up, everything just aligned. Wow. And so powerful. it felt like just one of the most beautiful experiences mm. of my life. Also the most painful, but like, yeah, you had that again, physical and spiritual alignment yes. probably for the first time. Yeah. Like I broke into tears. Like, um, when I was looking at Taz and I was just like, Oh my God, finally, like yes. finally this happened. And, and shout out to Obama because if it wasn't for Obamacare, um, the surgery would not have been covered under mm. uh, under any insurance. Mm. So, hey, Barack and Michelle. <laughs> we miss you. We miss you so much. Come back, please. Save yes, us. Seriously. But, yeah, like, those are two pivotal moments in my life that I will never forget and I will cherish for the rest of my life. Oh, that's beautiful. Feel most beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Angelica. Thank Let's you do for having a me. toast. This was yes, so girl. amazing Cheers. having you on. Thank you for having me. And I will also link to your fabulous Instagram Perfect. so everyone can follow you yes. and get to know you as well. Love and it. I hope I'm we're going out this summer. Oh, yes. Don't forget. Absolutely. I'm ready. I will see you at the woods. Okay. Sometime in the summer. My birth- I'm Aaliyah. My birthday's coming up. Oh, yeah, Let's turn up. Let's just turn up together. Amazing. That's what I'm looking for. My roly wearing dogs who claim they don't love you. But anytime you want something done, they do. That's what I'm looking for. The ball long night. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 